Welcome to the Fong Vo Show. Now let's go. Hey, podcast listeners. Today's episode is a recording I did, another recording I did of me answering your questions. So as you may have heard by now, I do a monthly masterclass called Grow with Fong Vo, where I just answer a ton of your questions in a live Q&A format. So it's kind of like a live Q&A consulting session. And so the first time I did it, we hit record-breaking numbers in terms of how many people attended, how many people registered. And so I just had so many questions that I had to do two separate recordings. And so this is the second one where I'm answering your questions. So I hope you enjoy this episode. All right. So first question comes from Steph- Stephanie Napolitano. Stephanie is asking, what are the best practices for making loyal customers? So Stephanie, there's a phrase that you want to focus on, and it's under-promising and over-delivering. Under-promising and over-delivering. Now I get it. You know, after you sign up a new client, you're just really excited, right? You're juiced. You're so happy, and you want your customers to be happy too. And so you might just might exaggerate what you're going to be doing for them and how much is going to make them happy. Now, let me tell you, that is something you do not want to do because if things don't go as planned uh, when you're delivering the service, which things can go wrong, you set yourself up for failure. And so what you want to do is you want to underpromise. Perfect example, you know, I used to be in the painting and construction industry. And one of the things that we used to do right before we uh, start painting the project is we do a walk around with the client and we underpromise. So it would sound something like this. Uh, Stephanie, you know that area of peeling paint right there? Well, I just want to remind you that we're going to be scraping it. We're going to be sanding it down. We're going to be putting a coat of primer on, a primer on it, and then we're going to paint it. Now, I just want to let you know that after we do that, it's not going to look brand new. You know, the only way that you can make it look brand new is if you get a brand new piece of wood. You know, that area is damaged. Now, we're going to do our best. You know, we're still going to do it and make sure we um, protect that area. But I just want to make it very clear to you um, that's not going to look brand new. All right. So now that you hear that or now that the client hears that, they probably set their expectations really low of what it's going to look like. And when I start working on that area, I'm going to do a really stellar job, try to over deliver as much as possible. And after she sees it, she's going to be like, wow, wait, that is better than what I thought. So um, that's the first thing you got to think about. Second thing is giving your um, giving just surprising gifts to your customers, surprise them, delight them. And think about what your customers like. You know, so for example, maybe you were in their office and you saw that they play golf. You know, they have these golf clubs that, are, that were in their office. Maybe, just maybe you send a cake. And on the cake, it's like golf-themed. You know, there's like golf uh, <laughs> golf um, sort of balls on there, you know, uh, just golf-related items, golf clubs. And so um, they're going to be happy. You know, they can share it with the people that are in their office. And so that's that's number two is surprising them with gifts. Number three, and this is probably one of the most important things, is to reinvest your profits back into your business. 
Because when you reinvest your profits back into your business, you're now improving your business. You're now improving your products and services. And so as you have better products and services, you're going to build a more loyal customer base because they love and they get addicted to your products and services. So hiring better staff, you know, better technology, reinvesting, better training. Now, it might not seem like a lot, but if you think about it, you know, a lot of people, they take their profits and they buy dumb stuff. They buy a better car. They buy a better watch. They buy a better purse or jewelry. But over a course of, let's say, a few years or let's say 10 years, all that money that you spend would have, uh, that, that you spent buying dumb stuff could have gone back into your business and it could be the reason why you're still in business or not. And you got to be thinking about it. Your, your competitors are reinvesting their profits and so they're going to leapfrog you. So you got to be reinvesting your profits back into your business if you want to be building a loyal customer base. So those are the three things I would be focusing on, Stephanie. Elaine Finley is asking how to market I mean, I'm sorry, how to warm up a cold contact, how to warm up a cold contact. There's three things I would do, Elaine. Number one, I would connect with them on social media, anywhere, as many social media platforms as possible. I'm talking about LinkedIn, I'm talking about Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, as many platforms you can find them as possible. Secondly, I would then engage with them on social media. And I would try to spark a conversation. So for example, let's say they are on family vacation and they post a uh, photo of their family on vacation. I would go to that post. I would like it. And then the comments, I would leave a very thoughtful response. I would not leave something super generic like awesome, great, have fun. I would leave something like, hey, wow, what a beautiful family vacation photo. Um, what are you enjoying most about your vacation? Question mark. Now, if that person saw that, they're going to be feeling obligated to respond back. And now when they do, you just open up a dialogue. You open up a conversation. And so that's, that's number two is to engage with them on their posts. The, th- the last thing I would do is I would also, the, the, the third thing, the, the final thing I would do is I would also send a message to them that will add value. Okay, so let's say you're a bookkeeper and you're reaching out to them. I would say something like, hey, Susan, you know, it's been a while since we last chatted. I put together this PDF of things you should be thinking about um, before tax season to avoid the most common mistakes. I hope you get a ton of value from this. Now, if Susan saw that, she's going to get value. Okay, If she's reading through it, she's going to get value. She might even share it to someone else. But most importantly, she might she might just message you and, and reconnect on her own. So those are three things I would do. Number one, connect with them on social media as many as possible. Number two, engage with them on social media. And number three, add value. Send a message that adds value. All right, next question comes from Shonda Coates. Shonda is asking, how do I build an audience? How do I build an audience? So um, Shonda, I'm gonna share with you a four-step process. The first thing you wanna be thinking about is figuring out what kind of followers do you want? 
So do you want young followers? Do you want an older following? Do you, you know, what kind of interests do they have? Are they male or are they female? And so think, who do you want to follow you? Now, if you're on the, ses uh, if you're on the session, chances are, you know, uh, you want business owners to be following you. And so the best platforms for that is LinkedIn, number one. Clubhouse is really powerful, number two. And then number three would be Facebook groups. Those are the three platforms I would focus on if you want to build a um, business following. Um, second thing I would do after figuring out what, um, what kind of followers you want is I would get people to know you. You know, Put out content out there that's going to add value. Think about this, Shonda. People watch content for one, two, or three reasons. One, they want to get some information. They want to learn. Two, they want to see something that's entertaining. Or number three, they want to get both. So if you don't know what kind of um, valuable content you can put out, informational content you can put out, maybe you entertain them. And you can just document you know, document what you're doing. People watch reality TV because they're always curious about what other people are doing. And so if you just, you know, document your day-to-day -day and what you're doing, um, there will be people that watch. So that's number two is getting people to know you. Number three is I would find where they're at and start engaging with them. So if they're on Facebook groups, if they're in Facebook groups, start engaging with them. You know, like their posts, comment on it, leave a meaningful comment a question preferably so that way you can get them to respond and engage back to you. That's number three. And the last piece that will wrap this all up is to be consistent and be patient. You know, technology nowadays makes it so easy for us to get things now. Like for example, you know, Amazon, Amazon prime one hour. You also have um, DoorDash. You can get your food in 30 minutes. And that's why you see people, having bad behavior and buying followers. You don't want to do that because what it looks great, you know, 10,000 followers, but if people see the posts and they see you get three likes every time you post, but you have 10,000 followers, they know you're buying followers and it's pretty fake. You know, it, it just gives you a bad look. And so those are four things I would do Shonda. Number one, focus on what kind of followers you want Two, getting people to know you through content. Three, find where they're at and engage with them. And number four, be consistent and be patient. All right, Justin Sherrod is asking, what is the best way to measure marketing effectiveness? So Justin, you wanna get to know an acronym and you might know it, you might not. It's called KPIs, Key Performance Indicators. And so there's many different KPIs that you want to know. Um, one of them being conversion rate, conversion rate. So this is the rate at which something converts. So for example, if you are doing cold calls, out of all the people you're talking to, how many of them are actually converting into a book meeting, right? A sales meeting. Uh, maybe they go to, to your website or your landing page. How many of those people that land on there fill out the form? And so that's conversion rate. Another metric you want to look at, another KPI is cost of acquisition or CAC. And it is the cost at which, um, or it, it's the cost of acquiring a new customer. And so whatever that number is, you wanna make sure it's a lot lower than 
um, how much you're charging for your services. That way you can actually make a profit. And then lastly, um, another you know, metric I would look at is site traffic. You know, how many people are actually going to your website? And then you can break it down from there. You know, um, there's direct traffic, which is you know, them directly typing in your website because they heard it from somewhere. Um, there's social traffic, social media traffic. How many people are coming from social media platforms to your, you know, to your website? And then um, there's organic traffic. Uh, has to do a lot with SEO, search engine optimization, which is, you know, how many people are coming to your website from typing you on Google or finding you through Google. Now, if you go to Google, Justin, and you literally type in KPIs for marketing, um, there's going to be a whole list of different KPIs and conversion rate. I mean, I'm sorry, KPIs and metrics, uh, list of 10 plus, 20 plus. And so that's what I would look at. But for me, those are you know, some of the, uh, the top, you know, top ones that you should be looking at. All right. Mikey Canahan is asking, what are creative ways to engage with C-level and business owners? So Mikey, you got to be engaging with them on LinkedIn. Are you commenting on their posts? Because C-level executives, business owners, they are posting on LinkedIn. The question is, are you engaging with it? And unfortunately, a lot of people are not doing so. You know, they might like it. Sometimes they don't. They're just scrolling, but they're not engaging with it. And so that is a huge missed opportunity because once you engage and once you leave a comment, they're going to see your comment. And if they see you over and over and over, they're probably going to click on your profile and get to know what you do. So that is a creative way. Second thing I would do is I would be the host of the party. You know, think back to the um, last party that you were at. You, chances are you probably forgot everybody or most people that attends, attended the uh, party, but there is one person that stands out from everyone else, and that is the host of the party. And so think about how you can host a party or C-level executives and business owners go to. So whether that be a podcast, right? You're a host of a podcast and you're inviting them on, whether that be an, an, a networking event, Whatever that is, you want to be the host of the party to be memorable. And then last thing I would do is, um, third thing is I would also send gifts, you know, send gifts to their office that will get attention. I remember there's a clever way um, someone, you know, got attention of a C-level executive. They sent this gift basket and the only thing in the gift, gift basket were, um, were bananas. It's just a basket full of bananas. And in the note, it said, I hope you love these bananas. You know, a lot of people love our services because they go bananas, you know, something along those lines. And it made the C-level executive chuckle. And so um, think about creative ways that you can engage with them through gift baskets or through gifting. So Mikey, those are three things. Linda Johnson is asking, what is the difference between marketing and advertising? What is the difference between marketing and advertising? So Linda, first of all, I'm going to start with the textbook definition, and then I'm going to go over just kind of like, you know, best industry practices, like what that looks like in reality. So advertising. Advertising is a marketing tactic involving paying for space to promote a product, service, or cause. So how most advertising works, Linda, is it's a bidding process. 
So for example, imagine if you were in an in-person auction and there's this item that you really, really want. And there's a lot, you know, there's a ton of other people that also want the item and they're raising their hands trying to outbid each other, right? And so ads work very similarly, um, especially digital ads. You know, people are competing for space, for space to be seen by a specific person or people. And so there's a lot of other companies or other organizations that also want that space. And so they're, they're bidding with them and it, that space will go to the highest person, high, uh, the person with the highest bid. Now, the pros of that is that you can reach a lot of people if you're good at it. You know, pros of advertising, if you're really good at it, you can convert and get a lot of business. Now, the cons is that you, if you do not know what you're doing, which a lot of people do not know what they're doing with ads because it's really a science and it's a skill that you have to be doing for a while in order to get good at it, it can be very cost of, uh, cost and costly and just be expensive. Um, so that's a downfall. Another downfall is that you are at the mercy of the platform itself. So if you're doing a ton of business on Facebook, advertising, and then tomorrow, Facebook, for whatever reason, is banned or they collapse or go out of business, well, that's a huge chunk of your business that's going to go along with them. And so um, a better way is through marketing. And so marketing is the activity, set of institutions and processes for creating, communicating, delivering, and exchanging offerings that have value for your customers. So marketing is the umbrella. Think of marketing as the umbrella and advertising as a way that you can market. Um, I would focus your efforts on organic marketing. So like, you know, SEO, search engine optimization, being seen in Google. But more importantly, I would really, really triple down on content marketing, providing value, valuable content for your customers. Content marketing is the way to go. Posting on social media three to five times a day is a great place and great way to market your business. All right, Sarah Miner is asking, what makes B2B marketing more difficult than B2C marketing? So Sarah, I actually believe that B2B marketing is easier than B2C marketing. And the reason why is because B2C companies just have a diverse group of people purchasing their products. Sometimes you don't even know, right? So for example, toothbrushes. Men buy toothbrushes, women buy toothbrushes. There's different races buying toothbrushes, old, young, candy bars, very similar. Sometimes you just don't know who your demographic is. But in B2B, you can get very targeted. You can find out exactly who's buying your product. Um, and you only need a couple details like title, You know, uh, what title do they have, how much revenue they're doing in business. So that way you can figure out if they can actually afford your products and services. Uh, industry, um, you know, what, what industry they're in then location. And so on LinkedIn and on Facebook, you can actually find out a lot of those details and start targeting those people. And so for that reason, I believe that B2B marketing is way easier than B2C marketing. All right. Next question comes from Jabez Israel. Jabez is asking how to get incoming calls from business owners looking for loans. Jabez, I think this is actually one of the easiest 
sort of industries, especially during COVID right now. People are looking for capital. People are looking for loans to stay in business due to COVID. So number one, content. You got to be posting three to five times a day on social media. You know, there's many different pieces of content you can put out, right? Some ideas could be, you know, why aren't you getting approved for your loan? You know, the best things you can do to get approved for a loan. Um, have you filled out this form yet in order to get proof for, for a loan? There's many different ways you can go about it, Jabez. Um, next thing I would do is start engaging with people. You know, if you're on LinkedIn, engage with them through direct messaging and add value. You know, maybe create a PDF that answers questions, you know, like common questions people have when getting a loan. That would add a ton of value for them. Um, let them know that you're there as a resource as well. So if, you, if they have any questions, they can always come to you. Another place, Facebook groups. You know, there's a lot of business owners on Facebook groups that you can uh, actually target like different local groups and same thing, start posting in there and engaging with the people in there on their posts. And then lastly, Jabez, a really good platform for you is Clubhouse. Clubhouse is huge. It's been growing so, so much. And so, you know, you can create rooms that are related to your business. So for example, you can create a room titled how to get funding for your business. Very simple. And it's going to work. People are going to go into your room. And so um, those are two things I would do. Number one, post content three to five times a day. Uh, Number two, engage with other people on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Clubhouse, so if you do, do those two things, you will get people to call you for your loan business. All right, last question comes from Jim Soderquist. Jim is asking, how do I market a manufacturing company? So Jim, there's the four-step process that I would go about this. So number one is I would look at your current client list you know, and see what types of businesses, what types of businesses will likely do business with you that need your manufacturing services. Now, once you have that three, you start typing it in the LinkedIn search bar, you know, where the uh, LinkedIn search bar is, put that industry. So for example, if it's shoes, then after shoes, put the owner's name, I mean, owner. So like shoe owners, shoe CEO, shoe company CEO, and it's going to show you a list. And with that list, you can now start connecting with them on LinkedIn to build a relationship. You know, you can even endorse them on, on LinkedIn. And when they get an endorsement, they're going to get a notification saying that you endorse them and it's going to prompt them if they want to say thank you to you. And if they do, now that you just opened up a conversation with them. Um, you know, seeing how you can be a resource as well, uh, messaging them, maybe creating a PDF that just kind of shows them, um, you know, common questions that people have around manufacturing. So that's another way. And then lastly, I would create content. Okay. There's a ton of different ways you can go about it. You know, maybe like what they should know about when choosing a manufacturer, um, how to lower manufacturing costs. There's many different types of ways and pieces of content that you can put out. So those are four things I would do, Jim. Number one, look at your client list figure out the top three types of businesses that will use your products and uh, use your manufacturing services. 
Number two, go to LinkedIn search, type in those industries and the title of the decision maker. Number three, I would then build a relationship with them, endorse them on LinkedIn, um, engage with them on social media posts. And then number four, I would create content, three to five pieces a day. And if you do that, you will be finding success in your marketing. All right, before we end today's episode, I just wanted to share how grateful I am to those of you who spent you know, one to two minutes to leave a thoughtful review. And what that does is give people an idea of what they can expect, but also how much value they're going to get from this podcast. So I'm actually going to be showing some love back to you all by reading one of our favorite reviews at the end of every episode. And so keep the reviews coming. I appreciate you all so much. And I'll see you in the next episode.